Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This is what it means to become a new creation in Jesus Christ. In the gospel today, we heard the story of those who have come into the kingdom early and they labor for the Lord all of their lives. And then there are those who come to the Lord later in life, let's say when they're 29 (laughs) for the seventh time. And people grumble. Well, Lord, we've been with you from the beginning. We've been with you. We've worked hard for the kingdom of God. We've worked hard to build it up. And you're going to give the same to this person that you've given to us. But that's the beauty of the good news, which is ours in Jesus Christ. That no matter when we come to him, he gives us everything. All that is his, he gives to us. If we but open our hearts and come to him, whether we came at the first hour or the sixth hour or the eleventh hour, whether we came as children or as adults, the kingdom of God in its fullness awaits us. In the first lesson today, Genesis chapter 1, 1 to 3, we hear about the first day. The creation. In the beginning. That is, before there was anything in the creation. Before time itself began. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Think of the splendor of beholding the creation, although in the beginning there was no one there but God himself to behold the creation. For even the angels had not yet been formed. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He brought forth all the splendor of the universe, of the heavens, of this world. created on the first day. Today, he is recreating. He is recreating his daughter by adoption and grace. Today, he is molding and shaping her as he did in the womb. He is recreating her in his image and in his likeness to give her new birth new life. God is reconciling her to himself in the blood of Jesus. 
Because God is infinitely beyond his creation and because sin has infinitely separated us from the holiness of God, no creature can attain to God. We, no matter how good we live, can never attain to salvation. Christianity is the only religion that says in humility, we can't do it. We need our God. Baptism is the laying down of one's life in humility. It is saying, I rely not on myself, but on the Lord. Baptism is the laying aside of oneself and bowing humbly before God. And as the word of God says, he who humbles himself, I shall raise up. How often I have failed to do this. How often I have stood before God in prayer with a hardened heart or relying on myself. And so baptism is a reminder of our need to walk humbly with our God. To remember that it is by the Lord's righteousness that we are saved, not by our own doing. Today, as we do about once a month, you got wet as I was coming in. Some of you got wetter than others. Sorry, Bri. <laughs> At least you didn't go... We have fire extinguishers in the back just in case, yes. But it's a reminder to us that we come not into the fuller presence of God trusting in ourselves, ourselves or our righteousness, but that we have come in cleansed in the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus. And as in the Old Testament, the blood was sprinkled on the people of God as a symbol of the washing away of their sins. So we are reminded that it is only by the blood of the Lamb that we can come before God and enter his house. In the beginning, God created, and today he is recreating. In the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth, and yet what he does today is in some ways even more fantastic than when he brought forth all the heavens and all the worlds in their wonder. Because what would it mean if God, having created all the beauty, all the splendor and the majesty of the universe, what would it mean if we, having turned away from God, trusting in ourselves rather than in him and in his word, what would it mean that there is all that splendor if we are simply to die apart from him? It would mean nothing. And that's why in some ways what is happening today is even more miraculous than when he brought forth the first creation. For today, there's a new creation being made in Jesus Christ. We are told in verse 2, the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. The Spirit of God. In the beginning, God the Father is creating everything and the Holy Spirit is present with him 
in the beginning. That is before creation, before time. And the Father breathes his spirit upon his creation that his creation might have life. And then God speaks in verse 3. He speaks and it came to be. And so we see the Father creating through his breath the spirit. The Greek word in both Hebrew and Greek for spirit is the same word as for Jordan. Say breath. Breath. No mere man had, well, yeah, mere man did reveal this to you, but <laughs> it's all Greek to me. And so by the word of God and by the breath and spirit of God, the creation is brought forth. We are told in Psalm 33, verse 6 and 9, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all their host. By the breath of his mouth, the Father through his word who became flesh, our Savior Jesus Christ, and by his spirit, the breath of God, he brought forth the creation. It says in verse 9, for he spoke and it came to be, he commanded and it stood forth. And so today, the Father in heaven, by the power of his word and by his breath, by his spirit, shall bring Connie into the new creation. The new creation. He will speak and it will be. Now, we who have come to know Connie know that she has a lot of sayings. Some of them I can't share with you. <laughs> but one of them is she'll say, well, just saying... Just saying, and that's exactly what God is doing today. He's just saying. He is speaking his word. He is breathing his spirit into her and recreating her anew in his image and likeness. In Mark 1, 9 to 11, it says, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when Jesus came up out of the water, Immediately he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, Thou art my beloved Son, with thee I am well pleased. Jesus comes and descends into the waters of baptism to reveal them as the waters of the new creation. And just as the Spirit of God in the beginning hovered over the waters of the first creation, so now we see the Spirit of God descending upon the waters of baptism at Jesus' baptism. He descends upon these waters, revealing to us that they are the waters of a new creation. And we see the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit at that moment of baptism, just as we did in Genesis 1-3, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters, and God spake, and it came to be. Now today, it will be unlikely that we shall see 
the heavens opened. And yet we believe by faith that indeed this is exactly what is happening. Connie cannot attain to the infinite God who's infinitely holy herself because he is infinitely beyond her. She cannot attain to him. She could do good works from now until the end of time and she will be no closer to attaining to God than when she first began because God is infinitely beyond his creation. No creature, no angel, no man, no woman, no child can attain to God because God is infinite and we are not. God is infinite and we are finite. God is eternal and we are temporal. He is not made and we are made of dust. But because we could not come to him, God came to us in the person of Jesus. As the scriptures tell us, he is Emmanuel, God with us. He came for us to open the heavens so that we could attain to God in him. Not in our own righteousness, not in our own merit, but in Jesus Christ. All that is his becomes ours. Several weeks ago when, or two weeks, whenever it was, when we told Sarah and Rebecca that Connie was going to be baptized, we wanted to warn them. We didn't warn them about her hair being red, but we, we wanted to warn them about the baptism. And we said, you know, she's being baptized. I said, do you know what this means? And Rebecca said, yeah, everything that is Jesus's will be Connie's. Now, that's probably a more perfect sermon than what I'm giving right now. And I know you're all, what you're all thinking. Well, then why didn't you just invite her to come up, say that, and then we can keep going? But that's right. All that is Jesus's will become Connie's. Because he, who, as it says in Philippians 2 is equal to God, did not claim equality with God, but rather humbled himself, taking the form of a slave and being obedient unto his father, even unto death, death on the cross. He who humbled himself did so for her, for you, for me, because he knew we couldn't attain to him. And so he came for us, because he loves us, because he loves you. He did not say, I am the mighty God. I have all majesty, honor, and glory. You have sinned, therefore you shall know death. No, God emptied himself, the scriptures say, in Philippians chapter 2. He humbled himself. He left the majesty of heaven in order to come into this world after us. And so we, when we are baptized, we humble ourselves before him. What a God. Not a God who says, I'm all that. But a God who says, you're all that. You're that important to me. I can't imagine eternity without you. I'll give up everything. I will give up my seat in heaven, my glory, to descend to the earth to save you. All we need to do is humble ourselves 
following his example. Rely not on ourselves, but on him. Trust in light instead of darkness. Trust in life instead of death. Trust in hope instead of despair. Trust in forgiveness instead of unforgiveness. Trust in truth instead of lies. Trust in Jesus. And so today the heavens will be opened. And the Spirit of God will descend upon these waters. And God will proclaim to all the angels and to all the holy company of heaven, this is my beloved child. With her, I am well pleased. Luke 15, 7 and 9 says, Jesus speaking, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous who need no repentance. Heaven rejoices not in that we are righteous because we're not. Heaven rejoices that we trust not in ourselves but in God. Heaven rejoices when we repent, when we turn from the world and from sin and from death. Which father among us here or mother seeing their child going towards death would not rejoice to see them turn 180 degrees. We've all seen those scenes in the movies where they can't get to the child and they go, no, 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 turn around, turn around. There's like a big bear or something, right? Turn around, turn around. And they come and they finally grab the child. And they take them into their arms. And that is what Jesus does for us. Except he actually comes right down and picks us up if we but turn to him. Verse 10, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So the angels of God are rejoicing this day. We are warned in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. It is either the world or the word. But as you've heard me say, we cannot have both. James tells us that friendship with the world is enmity with God. We cannot be both of the world and of the word of God. We must choose either our pride or to walk humbly with our God. But he will not force us because he loves us. As I've said many times, if I could force Christine to love me, it wouldn't be truly love if she did not enter into covenant with me freely, it would not be truly a covenant. I cannot force her. That reminds me, have you taken your potion today? <laughs> Colossians 1.13, He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. We have been transferred from the world to the Word, from darkness to light, from Lies to truth, from death to life. We have been transferred. Second Corinthians five seventeen to eighteen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry 
of reconciliation. Now this is the last point. God doesn't make us a new creation in Him for us to sit around. Christianity is not a spectator sport. We must live our faith. What would it mean if I say to Christine, I take the vows and I say that I love you, but I don't live that out every day? And so we are a new creation. Why? So that we may proclaim reconciliation. We live to share the good news we've received. We are to love as we have been loved. We are to forgive as we are forgiven. We are to share the good news as we've received the good news. We are to pray for those who hurt us and those who have persecuted us, that they may see in us not the hatred of the world, but the forgiveness and love of God in Jesus Christ, his Son. Big stuff is going on today where all the angels of God are rejoicing. Today God is saying to you, Connie, just saying, something even more glorious than the first creation is salvation for what was old shall be made new. What once was dead shall have life. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen.